Thank you very much, Asti. Um, excellencies, distinguished guests, um, a very warm welcome uh, on this afternoon in Jakarta and Southeast Asia. We are joined by some people in the UK, so a very good morning to you. Um, this is the launching of the International Business Confidence Index 2020, uh, a piece of work that's been managed by BritCham. Um, in partnership with Eurocham and in association with the EIBN and Castle Asia. We're delighted once again to have the international integrity of Nielsen as our market research partner. Uh, you're here today because you very, very kindly uh, cooperated and took the time to complete the survey when it was sent out. Um, so thank you very much for that. Um, what you've enabled us to do is to be able to collate a very, very relevant piece of work. Uh, once again, Asti has mentioned, but I would just like to restate the support of sponsors, uh, which is absolutely crucial to all chambers. And they are uh, Altilium, BNP Paribas, Bupa, Danon, HSBC, Inca Maris and Associates, Ipsotech, Mandate Executive Search, Prudential Life Assurance, Steinberg Protocol, and the TMF Group. Uh, really, I, it's not for me to preempt anything that's going to be said by either of the ambassadors, the UK and the EU ambassadors, um, or of the respective chairs of the two chambers or of our panel. Um, so with that, I would like to defer to some uh, welcoming words from uh, HMA Owen Jenkins, British Ambassador to Indonesia and Timor-Leste. Chris, thank you very much indeed. Um, and thank you to uh, all of my fellow speakers and, and panelists uh, at this event today uh, on the, uh, the Business Confidence Index, which, uh, as you've said, Chris, is, is something which Britcham is managing, but only would be only is possible because of the collaboration and support of all of those actors that, that you've mentioned. So uh, Eurocham uh, as a key partner, but also in particular, all the supporters and sponsors uh, of this important index. And thank you uh, from me too, uh, for all of the work that's uh, that's gone into this. This is a piece of work which uh, I think Britcham has been supporting for the uh, has been managing for the last seven years. Uh, and I think that one of the values of uh, this piece of work is that it gives us a consistent view over time of the way in which uh, business is viewing the environment in Indonesia and uh, how they perceive their businesses going forward. And the work that's been done by all involved to give us that baseline, but also to consistently expand the, uh, the index, I think has been extremely valuable uh, to make sure that it's got a uh, an international flavor, that it covers the expectations of the policy framework and government activity, but also the business environment itself and uh, room for future developments. And one of the values of, of the index, I think, is that it is very inclusive of British and European businesses who are already domiciled and already fully invested in Indonesia and so have a really powerful view of, of the market. This year's, of course, was deferred slightly uh, because of the COVID-19 um, epidemic to allow um, the chambers and businesses to have a better idea of 
the impact of COVID-related COVID issues, uh, because this year has been, I think for all of us, an odd one, uh, and the COVID impact will skew the results. That said, some of the uh, results, and I don't want to preempt too much, but I think some of the, uh, the results are hardly surprising, um, that there is overall a more negative view of the, of the market, um, and that is, that is largely down to the impacts of COVID-19 on a whole range of factors. Uh, I think if that's all that the index told us, uh, we wouldn't be that surprised. But I think the insight that it gives us into the factors which underpin that, and also the attitudes and confidence in the government's approach, I think is, is extremely valuable. And there are also some, uh, some encouraging aspects in the, uh, in the report. Uh, the fact that nearly half, half of the respondents still have plans uh, to invest in Indonesia over the next uh, couple of years. And again, that uh, more than two thirds have already adapted their, their new investments to focus on the, on the digital space. And I think this shows us the direction of the future, the way in which businesses will adapt to our new COVID world uh, through doing more of their activity online, more through digital services and, and outreach. The index also provides invaluable input into uh, my embassy's work in this area, and the timely and useful information it provides will help us to step up our own plans to support British businesses as they work to succeed in Indonesia. Of particular relevance this year is the the joint trade review, uh, which we're very pleased to be undertaking uh, together with the Indian, uh, the Indonesian government. And this will identify the, the sectors where both sides want to increase trade and investment, uh, whether that's energy, digital services, education, or goods. And we want to work very closely with business as we develop that, that review, including through the insights that the uh, um, that, the, that the index gives us. And the, the focus on, on digital, uh, which is there in the index, reflects very well some work that we're doing in the embassy to, to increase our own resource in such areas so that we can focus properly on those areas which are seen by business as, as growth. So finally, my heartfelt congratulations to Britcham, to Eurocham, uh, and to all of those involved in this year's index for completing the survey under very difficult uh, circumstances and publishing its results in such a, a user-friendly way. The British Embassy and in particular the team from the Department for International Trade will continue to work in very close partnership uh, with Britcham to realise the aspirations uh, which British business have to further boost trade and investment and partnership uh, with Indonesia and to work successfully in this market. And I'd urge all companies, please do get in touch with us if there's anything we can do to help. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ambassador Owen Jenkins, uh, British Ambassador to Indonesia and Timor-Leste. Um, thank you for those welcoming words and also in particular for underlining the relevance of uh, this piece of work, uh, perhaps particularly at this time. Um, now it gives me great pleasure uh, to introduce Ms. Corinne Tapp, Chair of Eurocham, and uh, Corinne will say a few words of welcome on behalf of the Chambers of Commerce that have been involved in this collaboration. Uh, Corinne. 
Thank you, Chris, and uh, yours, Excellencies, uh, Vincent Piquet, European Union Ambassador to Indonesia, and Brunei Darussalam, um, Pa Owen Jenkins, United Kingdom's Ambassador to Indonesia, and Timor-Leste, uh, distinguished guests, colleagues, ladies and gentlemen, Salam Sijatra. Good afternoon and welcome to the formal presentation of the International Business Confidence Index, BCI, in 2020, which already was mentioned is a little bit later than normally due to the very uh, the unprecedented um, COVID pandemic. It is the eighth edition um, of this BCI that the European Chamber of Commerce in Indonesia has partnered with the British Chamber of Commerce in Indonesia, the BRICCHAM. And we believe as chambers that represents the interests of business entities with a firm presence and knowledge of doing business in Indonesia, it adds value to have visibility as to the perception and viewpoint of fellow businesses as represented by the respondents of the BCI survey as to the state of confidence of doing business here. By doing so, we as a policy advocacy platform can clearly identify areas that need to be maintained as well as those that need to be reinforced so as to enhance competitiveness and the ease of doing business in Indonesia. On our part, uh, Eurocham has been uh, in Indonesia for nearly two decades now. Uh, we present directly 200 European companies that are active in Indonesia, but through our uh, eight bilateral trade chambers from the UK, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, France, and the Scandinavian countries, together we represent more than 1,500 European companies in Indonesia. Eurocham serves as a policy advocacy platform with a single unified voice for European businesses with a common objective to improve competitiveness and the ease of doing business in Indonesia. Our efforts are carried out through the various working groups that cover multiple sectors, as well as actively provide input on policy as a dialogue partner for the government and other chambers and stakeholders. The global pandemic has proved to be challenging this year for all our members, yet we feel it serves in the best interest of both Indonesia and European businesses to seek and support efforts to accelerate investment and trade that improves competitiveness and benefits Indonesia's economic, economic recovery and growth, and do that also in a sustainable way. BCI represents the views of the corporate members of participating chambers about doing business in Indonesia, the regulation in Indonesia in relation to potential economic reform, the investment climate and future investment plans. The findings represent the opportunities and challenges of doing business in Indonesia. It reflects the regulatory environment, shares sentiments on economic reform and outlook, and could indicate the future investment plans of EU business already doing business in Indonesia. Without further ado, let us, let us hear the highlights of this year's survey and look forward to the positive feedback and constructive dialogue towards these findings. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed, Corinne Tapp, Chair of Eurocham in particular for articulating the importance of the various chambers collaborating and working together uh, in support of our host country, Indonesia, and of course, uh, our home countries as well. Um, it now gives me great pleasure to invite Nick Holder, who is the acting chairman of Britcham and also the Britcham representative on the board of Eurocham, to formally launch and present the findings of the International Business Confidence Index 2020. Nick Holder. Thanks very much, uh, Chris. Thanks uh, very much to all of our speakers so far and, and to welcome uh, everybody uh, in the audience. Uh, great to have you all here and thanks very much for all your participation uh, in preparing the survey. Um, I'm very lucky 
this is the third time I've presented the survey. So as, as the ambassador was saying, it, it, you start to see some trends uh, in the data over time as well. And it, it's really interesting to see how they develop. Um, let's move on now uh, to a little bit of detail on the survey. So if we go to the uh, first slide, um, we have a little bit of information about the survey itself. And there's a couple of things maybe uh, to highlight on this slide. So first one is 108 uh, respondents. That, that's a big increase on last year. And I think when Chris and I were discussing it the other day, we, we thought this was the highest uh, number of respondents that we've had for the survey, um, which is really positive. Uh, it shows the engagement and the interest in this subject matter. I think the other things I'd highlight on this page, you know, it's an online survey, it's, it's quite easy to complete, it's quite comprehensive though with a range of questions. Um, it was conducted um, mostly in September, a little bit into October. So one of the themes that we'll see maybe um, is, is, is that the passing of the omnibus law hasn't been reflected yet uh, in some of the responses. Some of the responses look forward to the omnibus law, but they don't directly respond to the news that it's been passed. If you look at the bottom, you can see there's a very wide range of companies that are participating. No one sector particularly dominates. Definitely services, energy and natural resources, financial services, uh, having a, a slightly larger impact on the number of responses. Okay, if we go forward two slides onto the outlook, um, this, this is a, a very interesting slide because it shows a, a very dramatic change uh, from what was presented last year. Um, so the question here is, how would you describe the outlook on your business in Indonesia? So it's asking very directly, what do the respondents think uh, is going to happen to their business in Indonesia? And you can see that there is a very significant increase, perhaps not surprisingly, but there is a significant increase in negative outlook for Indonesia. So when we presented these slides last year, nine out of 10 of the respondents had either a positive view, nearly two thirds had a positive view or a neutral view. Now it's a very even split between the three options. So um, they're in fact, the largest proportion, the plurality is for a negative outlook. Whereas before it was a very small proportion of the total, 11%, it's now 36%. You can see a small increase in neutral and all of that um, coming from the, the people with positive outlook. People have uh, a little bit of trepidation as they were filling out this survey about what's going to happen to their businesses. Okay, if we go to the next slide, you can see that there are some differences between the business sectors here. Um, we've added two new uh, sectors here, which is e-commerce um, and pharmaceutical. And thank goodness that we did, because you can see that they're the two sectors that have a positive feeling uh, for their op growth opportunities in Indonesia. You can see that the, the business segments that have featured before and have had a higher, more positive outlook a year ago are all showing declines. So there seems to be a definite move uh, in the segments of the Indonesian economy that are seen as exciting and having high prospects. I guess digital particularly not a great surprise to us um, given the move online that we've seen in these COVID times. Okay, if we go uh, to the next slide. You can see um, that there's less optimism about companies' prospects across the board. So if you see they look at their revenue, if they look at their profit, they look at their investments and they look at their workforce, they're, they're all showing uh, declines uh, year on year compared to 2019. Um, one interesting uh, point about this slide I thought was, was, was the particularly large impact 
on workforce. So pe people are feeling nervous. It's not giving them the confidence that they need uh, to retain and grow their workforces. Even, even a bigger hit there than we're seeing on investments. And interestingly, the profits are a little bit more uh, robust. So I, I, I'm suspecting there's some cost cutting uh, going on uh, in Indonesian businesses um, at the moment. And we'll, we'll come back to that point on workforce uh, in a few more slides time as we go through the deck. Okay, we go to the next slide. This looks at geographical uh, expansion plans. And, and this is again, very different um, from what we've seen uh, last year. Um, and the big, the big, big change here you can see is um, on Kalimantan. Very big difference there in terms of what's going on in Kalimantan. Um, the, um, the uh, proportion of uh, people who are thinking of investing in Kalimantan has now increased uh, to 35% um, of, of, of people thinking they're having an expansion there. It's very hard to figure out um, what that could be other than the impact um, of the, uh, the new um, capital um, coming in um, and people thinking, yes, um, let's, let, let's follow, maybe there's some investment opportunities there. If you, if you look at other segments uh, of the uh, uh, Indonesia, other provinces, you can see very little uh, interest perhaps in, in, in expansion or, or relative to last year. Um, you can see uh, the West Java, particularly in Central Java, which, which were key areas for expansion in previous years, they've, um, they've, they've, they've essentially flattened uh, expectations uh, compared to last year. Kalimantan uh, is where the action with in Indonesia um, in uh, 2020, 2021. Okay, we go to the next slide. We're looking at the macroeconomic factors um, that affect uh, Indonesia. Um, and you can see here, we're looking at the proportion of the respondents who are feeling positive um, or very positive. Um, and you can see um, that the uh, proportions right across the board have come down uh, you know, red, red negatives in, in each category, fiscal, political environment, regulatory and labor policy, um, but it's investment climate that's taken the real hit. You can see, whereas nearly half of the respondents in previous uh, two years have, have been feeling positive, um, that number has now reduced 26%. So it's, so it's halved compared um, to the levels we've seen in previous years, okay? If we go on to the uh, next slide, um, I don't know if this is good news or bad news for uh, Indonesian bureaucrats, but um, they're, they're only in second place. And um, you can see, you see the biggest impact here um, relates to COVID. Um, so COVID um, is seen, uh, you know, unsurprisingly, as the biggest single negative impact. Um, it's seen uh, as happening for the next 12 months. So an interesting sense there about what is, uh, you know, what, what the timelines are um, for, uh, you know, introducing a vaccine and, and, and implementing measures that, that control uh, the spread of COVID in, uh, in, in, in Indonesia. Um, but after that, um, there's a number of other negatives which are actually equally significant to businesses. So, so it's not the case that it's just uh, COVID that's worrying people. Uh, bureaucracy you know, has, a, if you like, a resurgence compared to prior years. The regulatory environment, corruption and labour policy, all concerns for businesses that are operating in Indonesia, all areas where, where they'd like to see improvements. 
we go to the next slide. So this, this is, is just uh, looking ahead, a very sort of similar view, um, perhaps slightly different in, in, in that the impacts on most of the factors are expected to improve in the next year. So if you're looking for some good news, you can see that the relative impact looking ahead um, is slightly less than the impact that people are experiencing now, with the exception of COVID. So coming back to that point about how quickly do businesses think that COVID will be addressed. On the other hand, the factors that are more under human control, people are feeling optimistic and expecting them to improve. Okay, if we go on to the next uh, slide. Um, so this is where I wanted to talk a little bit more about people um, and the impact on uh, people uh, dimensions uh, coming through in this survey. Um, so you can see there's some negatives and some positives here. The negatives, you know, continued concerns around availability of talent. This is this always comes up in surveys. It always comes up as a significant issue for Indonesia. As businesses want to grow, they want to find skilled people, they want to find professional people, and they are hard to come by in Indonesia. Absolutely imperative uh, that there's a strong flow of well-trained uh, professional technical resources here um, in Indonesia. Um, the second category, where again it's down a little bit, um, is a relation to the employment of expats. Again, this is a, a perennial favourite. It's an issue that businesses always raise uh, when they have an opportunity. Foreign businesses, when they invest in Indonesia, like to bring in a small number of uh, usually highly paid senior executives to manage and oversees their investments. And generally, Indonesia is seen as a harder market in which to do that than its Southeast Asian peers. If you look on the right, though, there are two categories here um, where the seen as uh, improvement compared uh, to last year. And I don't know if these are good news uh, for our companies. Maybe they're less good news um, for us as employees and, and for our teams. Because you can see here um, that two of the other issues that come, I think, directly from that availability, that scarcity of talent play out here and are maybe being impacted by COVID. So people are expecting less staff turnover. I think people will be more reluctant to move jobs if they already have a good safe job. Um, and also people are expecting a lower rate of uh, pay increase, if any pay increase based on the conversations I've had in the coming year uh, ahead, again, as a direct result of COVID, the impact that's had on the Indonesian economy and the rate of growth um, the, the ability for skilled resource to move around and negotiate good pay rises as they move around. So it's a set of mixed messages from a company perspective here. And again, it, it suggests that um, staff in Indonesia may be in a slightly weaker negotiating position uh, looking forward for the near term um, because of COVID. But I think that's very unlikely to continue in the long term because of the growth um, prospects of the economy. OK, if we want to uh, move on to the next slide. This is a very interesting slide, this one, because um, it shows that in spite of the negatives and the concerns that have been flagged on the previous slide, in spite of the outlook that people see for their companies for the next 12 months turning to negative, that still more than half of the um, international businesses can, that took part in this survey are expecting to increase their investments or they're looking to expand their workforce. Um, and that's uh, a, you know, a, 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 a evidence of the value that multinational companies uh, can bring to Indonesia and other similar markets 
um, they can bring a long-term perspective and they can bring resources and they can bring employment. So um, notwithstanding what we've seen on the previous slide, there's some very good news here about the longer-term prospects for the Indonesian economy. Okay, if we go on uh, to the next slide. Um, this this, this um, spells out in a bit more detail about uh, investments um, and whether people are considering major investments in the next uh, two years. Um, again, um, you can see um, people are, are making decisions here. They're, they're, a year ago, maybe they, they were sitting on the fence and reluctant to make decisions. And you know, given all that disruption of COVID, the surprising thing is that more people are getting off the fence in favor of making investments than are deciding to say, no, we're going to stay where we are. So, so big uh, European, British uh, businesses are looking more and more uh, to invest in Indonesia based on these survey results. Okay, we go to the next slide. So what we're going to talk about now is, is government policy. And um, we've seen um, that, that the businesses uh, in, in the survey are, are looking to make investments. Yeah, what, 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 how's the government doing to encourage them? What can it do more of? How can it help uh, in terms of creating a, a benign uh, investment climate? Um, you can see here, these are the uh, main categories we've surveyed before, um, which are the areas that people are expecting to improve. And generally, quite a few people are expecting improvements um, coming forward, but, but there's some, you know, maybe a reduction in the rate of improvement that's expected. Um, so you can see um, less uh, confidence about consultation with business, people expecting consultation with business, but not the same confidence that they had a year ago. Um, you can see some of the coordination issues, the effect of implementation uh, becoming harder. Um, clear and concise explanations. This, this, this is probably universal whenever businesses interact uh, with governments. They're, they're always looking for things uh, to be simpler and easier uh, to understand. The, the interesting thing here is, is that pro-business decisions improving. So even though people are, are, are less uh, confident that about uh, the consultation with business and, and the engagement in business in drafting the rules and regulations, Notwithstanding that, uh, the government is, is, is in the end expected to make more pro-business decisions. Um, and again, remember this is before uh, the omnibus law uh, was promulgated. Okay, we go to the uh, next slide. So this, this, this is the slide based on the situation as was when the uh, survey was conducted when there were two laws. So there was a omnibus law on, on uh, job creation and one on tax. As we know, these are now being amalgamated into a single uh, a law that has been passed by parliament. You can see as a rule, the uh, overseas businesses were very excited about this. And they saw that it was directly helpful very few disagreed, a few perhaps didn't know. We all know the law is very complicated at around about a thousand pages and, and maybe uh, multinational businesses need some time to digest and, and have the provisions fully explained. But on the whole, the majority of the respondents felt that this was positive for their businesses. So that that's, uh, was a great prospect at the time of the survey that has now been delivered uh, by the current uh, government. Okay, we go to the next slide. So um, this, this next slide was looking at the parts of the omnibus law that companies felt uh, would be helpful to them. 
Um, you can see that where businesses were hopeful that, that there would be developments that, that would help them to manage their businesses more easily, they were particularly looking for help around employment. Um, they were looking uh, for help around ease of doing business. Neither of these are particularly surprising areas. They're areas that have been raised before. There are probably areas that the Indonesian government would say that their omnibus law was looking to address. Um, I think at this point, it'll be very interesting to see what happens next year to see whether um, the uh, investors feel that the omnibus law sort of uh, gave them the results they were looking for from the government action. But very uh, clear uh, set of actions have taken place after the survey here. Okay, we go to the next slide. Um, next section just talks a little bit about digital. Um, there are some uh, changes here, as we all know, in the Indonesian uh, economy. Um, everyone uh, has switched it to greater or lesser degrees in uh, using online services, I think, as a response to COVID. Um, I was actually surprised when I was going through this that actually only 68% uh, of companies expanded their uh, digital offerings um, um, in the last few months, in the last year. I, I thought that number would be much higher than that. It, it's hard to think that there are still 32% of businesses that didn't need to expand their digital offering in the time of COVID. Perhaps some of them were already fully digitized and didn't need to change uh, what they were doing. Um, it's it, 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 it's uh, um, uh, perhaps, you know, there's still a sign, 68%, still a sign that digital is essential to doing businesses in Indonesia. Okay, go to uh, the next slide. So this, this was looking at the benefits that companies were seeing uh, from uh, digitalization. Most people, 83% are feeling positive, a range of different benefits, but the ones that are perhaps uh, most important, the two uh, at the top there relate to communication. Um, so we all know the challenges of, of operating in Indonesia, 17,000 islands, six or seven hours to fly from one end to the other. Um, using digital tools is a way of directly contacting possibly millions of people immediately and at a low cost. Businesses see the advantage of that clearly and immediately. Uh, the development of the digital infrastructure in Indonesia has uh, been one of the true transforming factors of the six years that I've been working here. Um, and I think Indonesia um, can continue to reap benefits from doing this as a way of, of sidestepping some of the sort of geographical issues of, of the diverse archipelago. Okay, we go to the next slide. Um, just coming now uh, to the summary slide. So just, just a couple of points to make here. Um, this is the roller coaster. I'm afraid like a lot of roller coasters, it, 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 it's sort of heading towards uh, ground level. Um, as we come to the end of the ride. Um, no real surprises. We all know COVID's a once in a century event. I don't think we should be too disheartened by this, but it has to be noted um, that at this point in time, the confidence of industry is lower than it's been in any of the other surveys that we have here. Um, I'm hoping though, um, that there'll be a very rapid rebound uh, next year um, as uh, the world gets a grip on COVID. I, I think this is a purely uh, COVID related uh, dip uh, in, in confidence. Okay, come to the next slide, just to highlight the business outlook. It is more negative. It's heavily influenced by the external factors, e-commerce and digital continuing to make a, a large and positive impact on businesses uh, in Indonesia. And in spite of these challenges, the really good news for Indonesia is more of the businesses than not are thinking of making investments in Indonesia in the near term. 
so deep down beneath those headline numbers, there's some really good news there. Um, Indonesia's efforts to attract foreign businesses and to make this a good working environment for them should be paying off in terms of investment, in terms of increases in workforce. Um, factors affecting business, yeah, COVID and bureaucracy, the, the, the twin challenges that businesses face in 2020 in Indonesia, anything that can be done to combat uh, those two together uh, will be much appreciated uh, by the businesses that have taken part in the survey. Um, anything that can be done to improve uh, the investment climate, the political climate is always appreciated and people looking, I think, particularly for stability there. In terms of government policy, um, and anything that can be done to improve sentiment, I think, appreciated. You can see there's some worries across the board. I think the omnibus law will have addressed at least some of those. Really want to find out uh, what businesses are feeling now, having you know, gone through the, the provisions of the omnibus law. Um, people uh, feel um, that they were looking for pro-business decisions. Has the omnibus law uh, given them what they want? Um, there is a lot of optimism in the survey around job creation. I think the, the prizes for the Indonesian government for improving uh, business confidence and ease of doing business are, are, are well worth uh, the effort. Okay, thank you very much. There's just one last slide um, that talks about the role of business chambers. This, this is the, uh, if you like, the wrap-up question uh, in, in the uh, survey. So just wanted to highlight um, is to say larger, larger response than we've had in previous years and a very sort of positive uh, set of numbers as well. You, you, you can see that nearly two thirds um, of the participants have a very positive impact uh, from the role that the business chambers play and the other third have a neutral view. So, so the business chambers continue to have the confidence of the businesses that they represent and it's their support and engagement that allows the chambers to represent them um, through conducting surveys like this. So thank you very much to uh, all the members and, and all the feedback on, on behalf of both BritCham and EuroCham. Thank you very much. Cheers, Chris. And what a wonderful positive note to conclude on, Nick. Thank you very much indeed. Um, I, I know um, it was mentioned earlier, um, Ambassador Owen Jenkins will, will be needing to leave us very, very shortly. Thank, thank you for staying on to hear Nick's presentation. I'm sure that um, we'll all be having more dialogue about some of the findings, uh, Ambassador. Thank you, Chris, and my apologies for having to leave at this point, but thank you to you and, to, and particularly to Nick for, for that fantastic presentation. It's really good to see. Uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye now. Yeah, bye-bye. Um, okay, uh, in the interest of expediency, I, I'd like to move straight to our panel. And um, first of all, um, apologies. Apologies from James Castle, Castle Asia. James can't join us uh, today at fairly short notice. Um, he needed to prioritize something else. He, he is out of the country in Japan. Um, and uh, he does offer his warmest wishes uh, and uh, thanks to all those people that have cooperated with all the partners in the production of this particular index. So uh, Jim Castle's uh, warm wishes to everybody. Um, but we do have um, Katerina Wijaya. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Katerina, she acts as chairwoman of the Indonesia Chamber of Commerce uh, and Industry, better known as CADIN to most of us, um, for the UK and Ireland chapter. Uh, Katerina has also been a director of the PT Gadja Tungul uh, group, which is uh, 
largest integrated tire manufacturing company in Southeast Asia. And she's had that role uh, since 2004. Um, from a British perspective, we're delighted that she actually has three advanced qualifications from three different uh, UK universities as well. Um, Katerina, welcome. Um, and Katerina is, uh, is going to be joined uh, by Corinne Tapp, uh, who we heard uh, opening um, this particular event. Uh, Corinne in her capacity as chair of Eurocham. Nick is going to stay on and complete the panel for us as well, probably as the person that's had the closest and longest look um, at the different slides that make up the presentation. Um, but Katrina, I, I think, first of all, I, I'd like to begin with you, if I may. Um, it's fair to say that there are a number of contradictions throughout some of the outputs in those slides. And um, I, I'd like to ask whether you are in any way, a uh, general question, first of all, are you in any way surprised by the sentiments expressed by the respondents at this time? Thank you very much, Chris, and thank you very much, Nick, for the uh, very in-depth uh, survey presentations. Uh, actually, to answer your question, Chris, it's somewhat uh, not surprising uh, with the feedback, uh, the result of the survey, uh, and especially uh, for 2020, we are really indeed in such a, in a situation uh, that we are facing right now. It's somewhat expected. Uh, but in, in, in a way, uh, it is actually giving uh, some kind of a positive hope uh, because um, in your uh, survey presentation, Nick, you uh, uh, also put up that the investment uh, mode, uh, you know, the, the going forward is still positive in a way. I mean, people not living, I mean, they, uh, you know, they actually still uh, stay put or in fact actually expanding. Uh, the investment into Indonesia. So that that's uh, to me is a positive uh, kind of uh, hope uh, for the future. Although um, I know 2020 is, is tough and 2021 also is still uncertain. Um, but um, with, with what uh, I heard and I saw uh, in the presentation is giving us uh, some kind of uh, hope. Thank you. Um, Katerina, I'm going to stay with you before um, I, I move to Corin and, and Corin, I'll be asking really for your, your general um, reaction to the findings in the survey. But, but Katerina, first, I mean, clearly the omnibus law and its mm -hmm. implementation is uh, underpinning an awful lot of aspiration. I mean, we're looking at 90% there or thereabouts agree or neutral with regard to all the range of impacts that the omnibus law may have. Uh, and of course, as we know, uh, although it's intimated that implementation rules will be clear in the next couple of uh, weeks, they're not at the moment. Do you think it's a little bit dangerous that the trajectory of the country is sort of in the hands of this, this one bill? Not really, but uh, Nick also pointed out in, in the survey that uh, the expectations towards the government, I think uh, our government is pretty weak in terms of the public relations and communicating, uh, you know, uh, on, on this law. In fact, actually, I think uh, really the law is, is going to give uh, a, a easier investment uh, mode uh, going forwards. But you are right, uh, we have to see uh, the uh, regulations that follows 
from this omnibus law, and that is going to take times. You know, the the underlying after the loan, and you have to, you know, the uh, the, the the regulation under that, and 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 that is quite a challenge, and that's going to take a, a while until it's being implemented. But the law itself is actually. Uh, should be taken as a positive because it's really cut down a lot of the red tapes uh, and, and on the labor law, it's really uh, putting us on the equal uh, kind of a status with our peers in, in the ASEAN. You know, now we, we can be more competitive in comparisons to our peers. So um, yes, it is a challenge. I mean, it's, it's, I think uh, we have to, you know, sort of respect Pak Jokowi Dodo, Jokowi, for taking this uh, uh, move, you know, I mean, uh, it should have been done maybe uh, before, but nobody wants because this is not populist, right? But the president is willing to take the challenge and really uh, doing it now. So it, it will take times, but it's for the positive. Thank you. Okay, so long awaited work in progress, but with great optimism, it's been received. Um, Corinne, could I please ask for your general overview, your general feelings as, as to the sentiments that are expressed within the International Business Confidence Index this year? Yes, for sure. Thank you, Chris. I think uh, first and foremost, uh, it's, it's great to have these insights again, and this index is so crucial for, for all of us uh, as chambers, but also as, uh, as companies to, to, uh, to also know where we need to focus on when we have our dialogues with governments and other stakeholders in, in Indonesia. Um, I don't think it's a surprise that uh, the, the sentiment is more is more negative than last year. I mean, as Eurochan also collaborating with the other chambers, we've been working very closely over the uh, last seven months with all of our members. So we are very aware of the state of the businesses and that most of our members have been struggling uh, quite a bit. And all of them had to make uh, pretty radical adaptations to their business models and ways of working to be able to protect their business, but also protect their people. So I think this is therefore not a surprise. What is, however, very uh, positive and very encouraging is that most of the businesses that are present in Indonesia as part of our network are very confident about continuing to invest in this uh, amazing country. So the opportunity is clearly there, but there's also clearly a call for, um, for support uh, from the government to help uh, in doing the, the ease of, with the ease of business and, uh, and reducing complexity, in particular in the regular framework. And obviously the omnibus law seems to be a big, uh, uh, the, let's say the, the, the big answer to, to all of that. And I think we are all uh, as companies uh, and well as chambers really looking forward to the implementing regulation to understand what it truly means and how this not only helps um, encourage uh, new foreign investment, but also helps the businesses that already are here and have been here for a long time to continue to grow and invest. I think there's one uh, topic that wasn't really coming out of the survey, but I think uh, definitely deserves the attention, is that uh, Indonesia has stepped up significantly in the last number of years in, um, in their ambition to, uh, um, to reduce uh, uh, impacts of climate to climate change, but also in terms of uh, packaging plastic waste, uh, which is really encouraging. And also the conversations over the last number of months we've had around renewable energy. This is all really great because for us as European companies, this is very important. I mean, for us, uh, my company that I personally work for, Danone, One Planet, One Health, is uh, what we do and what we hope to invest uh, even more so, uh, in particular after COVID, we, the realization of people, that the health of people is connected with the health of the planet and that as businesses, we are responsible to contribute to that. So there is a fear that in the current omnibus law, there are some shortcuts on the environmental piece. 
So I think as European businesses in our dialogues moving forward with the government, with this maybe being a good starting point and an opening, uh, would be really important to emphasize the importance of development and investment in Indonesia should never come at the cost of sustainability and that actually sustainability can help with the economical recovery and build a better Indonesia for the future generations to come. Thank you very much, Karen. You introduced a very important point there and the, the index has over the years taken the opportunity to introduce new topical uh, issues and, and perhaps the, the whole piece, as you put it, the issue of sustainability uh, should be something that we should allocate some questions to in future um, future surveys relating to business confidence. Um, thanks very much. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Katarina, uh, compliments of, uh, of Corinne there, um, mentioning that Indonesia has made significant improvements in many, many respects uh, over the years, and, and it, it's all sort of come together uh, with the omnibus law. I, I wonder whether we could um, talk in the context of your role with, with CADIN. Um, to, to what extent is CADIN um, currently uh, being an influencing party uh, in respect to Republic of Indonesia government policy. Okay, thank you. Kadin under the chair of uh, Rosan Roslani, uh, as well as the vice chair uh, Ibushinta Kamdani, who also in charge for the international desk. They have been very active in uh, working uh, with the government. In fact, actually, Pak Rosan was involved in the Omnibus Law uh, Task Force, uh, as well uh, Shinta now also involved in the COVID-19 uh, task force as well, as well as on the omnibus law. So uh, president really, um, you know, sort of like uh, concerned uh, with uh, the investors and the, uh, you know, uh, perspective, uh, uh, perspective on, on this. And that's why they, they bring Cardin along in every meetings to get the view and, and input uh, on what uh, the markets uh, feel about, about this. Thank you. And, and with respect to the issue of um, sustainability and the priority given to the environment, um, ha has CADIN in any way recalibrated its priorities um, in relation to these issues, Katharina? Yes, uh, I think we are very much aware of the UN SDG. And uh, as you know, uh, Shinta is very much involved also on the sustainable development uh, goals. So uh, we, we do, uh, you know, sort of like put a lot of uh, efforts into that on this. And, and yes, uh, Corinne mentioned about the plastic. And I think, as you know, Paluhut also has, uh, has also has a task force in terms of the plastic, uh, you know, reductions. And I think that shows that the, the government commitment into this environmental issue. Okay, thank, thanks very much indeed. And I, I know that the, uh, the chambers, uh, BritCham, EuroCham, the other bilateral chambers are looking forward to working uh, ever more closely with CADIN in relation to the challenges of sustainability in the context of um, Indonesia. Um, Corinne, is, is there anything that you would like to see in particular the Indonesian government um, doing in terms of improving its uh, uh, emphasis on the environment. Oh, sorry. I think uh, what uh, Katharina was saying is uh, is right. I mean, there are already many plans in place, and also over the last uh, few years, we've seen 
a significant improvement in terms of the regulation around, for example, renewable energy, solar panels, etc. Many of our members are very active. Okay? Like I said before, the European companies are leading in this uh, space, also supported by the Green Deal from uh, the EU. And they're also very happy to collaborate locally with the government and other stakeholders to, um, yeah, to discuss uh, ways forward and to be an example for, for Indonesian business or any other uh, nationality business to do the same. So if I would uh, continue to ask that we've been asking the government since a long time is uh, to continue the conversation and see how we can uh, make the regulatory framework more conducive so that uh, more companies will be encouraged to actually go on the path of uh, growing and investing in Indonesia, but in a sustainable uh, manner, so also healthy for the for the planet. So I think um, this, uh, this BCI uh, index, but also the conversations about recovery after COVID are a very good opportunity for us to, uh, to connect with the different uh, ministries and the different stakeholders because COVID actually has, uh, has accelerated uh, some of the uh, urgency around it and also has uh, pushed us back in some areas as well. We know that uh, in particular in the COVID period, um, many of the waste pickers, the pamulung in the country have been having difficulties um, to, uh, to, ex to, uh, to doing their job. And they are basically the framework for collection in this country. So not only was there a big issue with uh, additional waste, but also a uh, lack of income for this uh, very important and vulnerable group. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good ideas, there's a lot of plans, and I think as your chamber, also together with Bridgem and the other bilaterals, very happy to continue the conversation with the government and see how we can accelerate the journey of investment whilst uh, also investing in sustainability. I think we can do that. Huh? We can do some collaboration on that. Thank you. Excellent. Okay, there's a there's an action point for us all. Thank you uh, for that commitment, Katrina. Um, Nick, I'm not um, I'm not ignoring you, but I know that in a couple of minutes you'll be doing a general wrap, so I'm just sidelining you if you don't mind. Um, Katrina, I'd just like to draw our attention to one particular slide, which sort of the output represents a bit of a paradox. And it's the one where there seems to be disappointment or an expectation of less consultation, yet less consultation seems to be delivering better pro-business decisions. Um, and I'm wondering whether that less expectation is in any way driven by discussions that are currently ongoing, we believe, in relation to GDPR, um, and um, certainly the international private sector at the moment hasn't been included in those conversations. Do, do you have any thoughts about that, Katerina? Um, I have, um, I can't comment on that, but uh, it, it is, you are right. It is quite an interesting number on that, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Um, uh, that was a bit of a, a curveball thrown at you, and I apologize for that. Um, okay, I, I think just to say that we do have members of the media um, online with us. Um, they're the Jakarta Post, Content, Media Indonesia, Reuters, among others. Um, time constraints have not really allowed us to take questions from the media, but you have, um, you have all had um, a media release and there are contact details there and we can share questions with who, whomever you would like uh, them to be addressed. Um, thank you for joining us and thank you for your interest in this Business Confidence Index. Um, I, I think with that for now, I, I'd just like to invite uh, Nick Holder back um, to do a sort of wrap on uh, what, what's been revealed and discussed over the last 40, 45 minutes, Nick.
if I just unmute myself, that will help. Um, so thanks very much, Chris. Uh, thanks again to the panelists. Um, yeah, so, so this, this year's survey has that interesting paradox that, that people are feeling more miserable. They're reporting uh, were lower overall sentiment than, than ever before, but at the same time, the majority of them are looking to invest and to expand their workforces in Indonesia. Um, I've talked a little bit about this in previous years. I think fundamentally the companies that are here in Indonesia, they know what it's like. They know how to work their way through sort of challenges and obstacles, and they know how to make sure that they can get things done that they want to, and they can get to the point where their business is thriving, growing, and employing more and more Indonesians. I think the real challenge uh, for me is how does the Indonesian government get its message across to the businesses that are not here, that this is a great place to be, this is a great place to invest. We saw that there was a strong demand for simplified explanations, uh, for explaining rules and regulations. We know that we have the omnibus law, which is expected to be a very uh, significant change to the business environment in Indonesia. Is it going to be comprehensible? Is it going to be understandable to people who are not already here on the ground and have the time and resources to understand it? There was a point uh, in the uh, slides as well about SMEs and SMEs not perhaps feeling uh, well uh, represented or supported by the government. And maybe that reflects the fact that not many SMEs replied uh, to the survey, but it's going to be the smaller companies that find it harder to come to Indonesia and harder to understand Indonesia. At what point will those sorts of companies decide that Indonesia is an exciting opportunity to explore and to enter when they're comparing themselves to other markets such as Malaysia, Thailand and Vietnam in ASEAN who are the competitors? That is the fundamental area of marketing Indonesia. Those of us who've been here are very happy to do it. We're very happy to help, but those who aren't here yet, they need to know more. Um, second point I'd, I'd just uh, raise in the conclusion is, is a very interesting point about sustainability and development from both the panelists. Uh, sustainability was something that was not really on the agenda when I first came to Indonesia five, six years ago. It's now very much at the forefront of everyone's thinking. I, I think that's tremendously positive for the uh, country and, and also because it's such a large and significant economy as well and a developing economy still, I, I think that's tremendously positive for the whole planet as well and that Indonesia takes it seriously um, and is willing to talk about it and to take steps to improve it so I, I hope that's a trend and maybe we can add some more questions on that to the survey in future years Chris thank you very much thanks for the opportunity to speak and uh, that, that that would be my summary Chris thank you very much Nick um, waiting in the wings uh, is uh, Ambassador Vincent Pickett uh, European Union Ambassador to Indonesia and Brunei Darussalam. Um, he wasn't in Indonesia when we did the last uh, Business Confidence Index, so this is the first time that uh, he will have seen this piece of work and also seen the way that uh, together we present it to business and other stakeholders. And uh, I'd like to ask Ambassador Vincent now uh, to uh, please come to the screen and to offer your own thoughts in response to what you've seen and what you've heard and to, to address this particular audience, which is predominantly an audience of uh, BritCham, EuroCham stakeholders together with the EIBM in Castle Asia. Uh, thank you. Well, Thanks, uh, thanks very much indeed, uh, Chris, in the first place for 
uh, giving me the floor and uh, at uh, this uh, uh, this seminar about the business confidence index. Uh, uh, indeed, the first time for me. Uh, been in uh, Indonesia now for a year and a bit, um, so I found my feet, so to say, um, uh, until of course everything changed. And uh, at the uh, uh, when the COVID uh, pandemic uh, struck Indonesia, as well as uh, all other parts in the world. Um, very good to see that uh, this is a co-production, this, uh, this webinar uh, between uh, BritCham and uh, EuroCham, uh, besides uh, other partners. And uh, it, it goes to show that the EU and UK have um, have different identities, and uh, and we interact in in, uh, in in different ways. We are, of course, uh, negotiating partners uh, from the uh, Brexit negotiations. Uh, we are are and probably will be uh, also business competitors um, um, in Europe and outside. But uh, at the end of the day, this seminar shows and. Uh, uh, the cooperation of BridgeCham in EuroCham shows that we have an awful lot of commonality in terms of interests and priorities if it comes to uh, promoting a positive business climate uh, for everybody. And that is, of course, the foreign business players um, as well as the, uh, the local uh, business players. I think that's very great to see. Um, <clears throat> 2020 was a very much a of course, a horrible year uh, in many respects, with all the uh, the deaths and uh, the suffering that the um, pandemic has caused. Um, it's a year where we have seen tremendous impact on public policy as a result of the pandemic in Europe, in the UK, um, and uh, in Indonesia. Um, we, uh, the year started, of course, with a very new uh, cabinet of, um, uh, under President Jokowi. Um, its policy agenda uh, was uh, heavily disrupted uh, by the pandemic. Uh, new priorities arose uh, for evident uh, reasons. And, um, but still, uh, and that is one major observation I would like to make, um, the President and his cabinet got the omnibus uh, law approved uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and it came into force um, um, uh, even uh, on the second on the of, uh, of November, if, if I'm uh, yes, on the second of November. So that was, is, and was um, all, all along a flagship piece of work uh, for the president, and he has pulled it off. Um, from the EU side, we are very hopeful that uh, uh, once, now that it is adopted, uh, the further work will happen uh, swiftly and the adoption in a very consistent manner uh, with the spirit of the law and um, of the, with the option of the implementing regulations, of which there are many, and it is clearly something <clears throat> that all of us have an interest in following very closely in order to make sure that the, the openings and the positive simplification that uh, the omnibus law promises um, is now uh, pulled through 
in the detail in the various uh, sectors. Um, the EU uh, is uh, on its side, of course, very um, uh, keen to uh, match or parallel uh, this um, uh, drive towards simplification and uh, for opening up of the economy uh, through the negotiation of our uh, future comprehensive economic partnership agreement. Uh, it will cover uh, investment rules, uh, it will cover trade rules in all uh, trade in all respects, the goods and, uh, and the services. And we hope that um, our negotiations can benefit from the omnibus law in the sense that some of the things that earlier we thought we would have to negotiate uh, may have been solved in the meantime and hence we might be able to proceed uh, uh, more swiftly. Um, there will still be some, um, uh, some road to go for us in these talks. Uh, it is um, detailed and there is a lot of work and a number of uh, big trade questions uh, of um, Indonesia of course need uh, some answering still as a result of the structure of the economy and uh, the, uh, uh, the historical trade policy of, uh, of, of this country. So uh, we look forward in, in, with very uh, good spirits, with very good um, uh, drive to make this go. We hope that the, um, the smaller stumbling box uh, that we have uh, encountered uh, on our road uh, will be solved uh, uh, quickly. Uh, so that we can strike a deal. And once we have that deal, then we are convinced that uh, the uh, future SEPA uh, can help boost um, the uh, economic recovery of, uh, of uh, Indonesia. Um, it can contribute to that, uh, to that effort by uh, boosting the business sector, the private sector in particular, and by helping to create jobs and, and generate income for the people. Uh, we have done these studies, impact studies, that show this very clearly, uh, in, that um, the future SEPA will create um, a um, uh, good uh, uh, 350,000 extra uh, jobs in, in textile, leather and footwear uh, alone. Uh, it will generate uh, more GDP, um, rising slowly from an extra uh, 2.8 billion uh, euros uh, uh, in a year uh, to uh, the agree, uh, to 5.2 billion uh, euros extra GDP once the um, the SEPA agreement is in full swing by the early 2030s. So that is massive money and is certainly something that will uh, help um, Indonesia along its, um, its target to be a high income country uh, be, uh, by the year 2045. Um, fundamental, of course, remains uh, getting COVID under control. Um, that is true for Indonesia. Um, uh, both from the, um, uh, uh, the pandemic side and from the uh, economic side. Uh, the government is, uh, has been working very hard on mounting an economic package uh, that is quite impressive. 
um, implementation is a task, evidently, uh, but uh, there is indication that some of the, the economic blows have been softened uh, as a result of the, uh, uh, of the government action. Um, Europe is, the EU is doing the same. Uh, just yesterday, <coughs> you may have read, um, there was a final uh, political agreement on the, the EU's 1.8 trillion euros um, uh, financial uh, package uh, for the years uh, 2021 to 2027. 1.8 trillion euros, a, a figure that doesn't fit on my, uh, my mobile phone calculator. And uh, I have no clue to how to translate it in rupees either. Uh, but it's a massive amount of money that, <coughs> um, of course, is, has to be combined uh, with uh, the spending that uh, uh, is done, will be done at the level of the individual member states. So we hope that uh, we can uh, um, uh, strengthen the Europe's uh, recovery uh, through a three green recovery and thereby also uh, stay a very uh, strong and stable market for Indonesia. Vaccines, of course, that is the big hope. And uh, good news just two days ago uh, with a promising uh, vaccine by Pfizer, uh, the US firm, uh, and its partner, a German partner, BioNTech, um, uh, from central Germany. Um, with who, with a uh, support uh, from a loan from the European Investment Bank, seem to have a, uh, developed a vaccine that uh, might offer solace uh, to us all, because that's the bottom line, of course, uh, for economic uh, um, recovery, for sustainable economic growth to return to us, uh, including Indonesia. We need to have uh, a vaccine uh, to uh, weed out uh, the pandemic um, as uh, soon as possible. I stop there by saying that we remain very uh, positive about uh, Indonesia's growth, um, echoing the sentiment that was also voiced in your business um, uh, confidence index. Uh, we remain um, uh, convinced of the vitality of, uh, of this country. Uh, of its economy, of its, um, of its uh, uh, human resources. Work needs to be done, that is clear, but it can be done. And, and, and uh, in other words, uh, the EU and the UK uh, will be partners in a fantastic growth story uh, of Indonesia for the coming uh, decades to come. Thanks very much uh, indeed uh, once again for the invitation. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Ambassador Vincent Pickett, uh, your first International Business Confidence Index. Um, of course, expressing concern over the nature of the year that we've had, but um, uh, overriding that is a general optimism um, that uh, all European, geographical European business can participate in a brighter future of Indonesia. And in particular, um, underlining the overwhelming unanimous approval and recognition of the enormous efforts of the president and his government in getting the omnibus law passed, a game changer in business confidence and ease of doing business and market access for many, many businesses in many countries around the world. 
Um, with that, um, I would like to restate our extreme appreciation to our sponsors today, um, Altilium, uh, BNP Paribas, Bupa, Danon, HSBC, Inca Maris and Associates, Ipsotech, Mandate Executive Search, Prudential Life Assurance, Steinberg Protocol, TMF Group. Uh, I'd like to thank the interest of uh, media, Jakarta Post, Kontan Media Indonesia, and Reuters. Um, to all of you, this uh, has been recorded and a recording will be uh, released and I'm sure posted on all chambers uh, websites. And please do as Nick suggested, help everybody get the message out there that uh, Indonesia has very, very bright prospects uh, for the future uh, in business. Um, so this has been the International Business Confidence Index 2020. Katerina, thank you for joining this uh, panel. We really appreciate your insights and clearly there is a willingness and a commitment for all chambers to be working with you in your CADIN role. Um, we, we will follow up on, in particular on the environmental and sustainable issues that were raised by uh, Corin and endorsed by Nick um, and I'm sure we can make better progress together. Uh, to all of you for joining us, um, it's been a pleasure for me representing BritCham Indonesia uh, in partnership with Eurocham, uh, represented by the chair, Corin Tapp. Thank you, Corin. Um, BritCham represented uh, by Nick Holder. Thank you, Nick. Uh, to our ambassador that has also just gone, um, uh, Owen, uh, HMA Owen Jenkins, um, and to everybody, in particular to Nielsen, the fourth year of uh, professional cooperation and production of this piece of work. Um, thank you very much indeed, everybody. We wish you, uh, if you're over in the EU, UK, we wish you a great rest of your day. In this middle of the week, um, if you're in Southeast Asia, then it's perhaps approaching that time of the day when you can have a little rest and a little relax. Thank you for joining us.